Hey guys, what's up? It's Kia and Nika, and this is episode seven. Seven. What's the Spanish word for seven? Girl, I don't know. What's the Spanish word for seven? Siete. Ocho, nueve, diez. We're talking about colorism this week. Mm. But before we get into that, let's talk about our weekend. Ten our weeks. Our weekend. What you got for me? Okay, so, y'all, I'm on this new frenzy, and I went out, and I bought um, a happy planner. <laughs> and guess who she has on the frenzy with her? Yes, that's me. Me. I'm the one on the frenzy. <laughs> okay, so pretty much, we were talking about the last time, like, well, the last um, episode we talked about, you know, our money, how we're supposed to, it's not necessarily a credit issue. Oh, the, the the million ways to get it. The tip million ways to week. get it. So, I've been, before we even talked about that, I've been on this journey, like, you know, I got some goals that I'm trying to get. It's just been budgeting. So, I've been budgeting. And when I say, like, I come up and I be like, Zakia, where my money went? Like, it's gone. Ooh, I got paid and I paid my bills, but, like, ooh, the rest get of my money. Day. I spent it. <laughs> Spunt. Spunt. Like spin around, but spunt is gone. Spunt. Yeah, so I've been doing that, and then I got on this whole, like, happy planet, which is, like, there's a million and one agendas out here. So mm-hmm. I've been um, creatively challenging my mind to, to um, yeah, plan my life, like, get a hold of, you know, things. So that's what my weekend has consisted of, which I like it. But I ain't gonna lie to you, I had an anxiety attack because oh my God. when I looked down, it was just too many of them. And but I'm okay now, you know. Okay. I'm okay now. Um. So, for me, what did, what did my week consist of? What did I do different? I got braids. I know I mentioned it last time when I got my hair done, but this is what I actually got. I got braids, y'all. Like I got my hair. My, let me let me explain to y'all something. I am a frontal advocate, connoisseur, uh, expert, um, and I don't really wear my natural hair often. I'm not bald head, if you ask me, but I don't wear braids either, and no. my scalp has so much earphone to it, <laughs> I had to tell somebody to turn down their air conditioner because that shit was freezing, okay? I could not understand how y'all just walk around here with these braids in y'all head, and y'all head is not freezing the fuck off. Like, I literally got a headache because my head was so cold. <laughs> oh I was like, God. wow. I For did real? not want to experience it. They look nice on you, though. Thank you. Never again. Oh my goodness! It was too cold. See, Zika. she's a, we're we're the total opposites. Do you notice that? Yes, girl. Okay, so I love them. From- <laughs> <laughs> she loves her frontals, and I can't stand them. She's I just like my weaves. It don't even have to be a frontal because I really want to get back into wearing like my natural hair over my. Oh, like a, yeah, like a leave have out? a leave out because okay. I want to have this more like I don't I don't want to look ratchet. I don't mean I don't look ratchet with my frontals now, but I want to look. I don't want to have to deal with the glue and the, 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 all the work. I just want to be simple, and I can just wrap my hair up, and, oh, my God, I'm natural, girl. It's never going to be simple for me. Never mind. <laughs> so, uh, let's go ahead and get into our topic, because this is not going to work. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, you said we were talking about colorism. colorism. And the reason that I'm bringing this topic up, guys, is because I was on Twitter. You know, I live on Twitter sometimes. Mm-hmm. And Twitter junkie. Twitter junkie. Sometimes, at night, late at night, I'm like, what the? Save. I'm always bookmarking something. So, um, I was on Twitter and uh, somebody shared this video of somebody called the Prince Family that's on YouTube. I don't know too much about them. I didn't do any research about them because I just really didn't care. 
But, I'm gonna look him up right now. But um, the the girl of the Prince family, whoever her she is, she had had she had a baby. They were in the hospital, and her boyfriend at the moment was recording. And it was like, oh, they had the baby, and the nurse had the baby. They made a video about it, they too. They made a video about it? Oh, my gosh. So, they had the baby, and um, she was like, oh, I hope the baby doesn't come out dark like you. I hope she has light eyes. Uh, he was like, oh, she's going to be dark like me. She was like, no, she's not. Like, she was just not having the fact that this baby could be dark of the darker skin tone. Or this baby didn't have light eyes like she did. Because, mind you, she was, she's, she's red. Which you guys would call her red or yellow, whatever the hell you want to call her. But she doesn't want her baby to be dark skinned and she doesn't want her baby not to have brown eyes. She wants her to have light colored eyes because she had quote unquote blue eyes when she was born. So I just felt completely disgusted. I don't care what the backstory is or what's going on. It's that. Those type of uh, attributes and qualities we have as people to put value on something like that. That really set me back so i'm gonna go ahead and lead with the, the definition of colorism um colorism is prejudice or dis discrimination against individuals with a dark skin tone typically among people of the same ethnic or racial background so basically the, uh, colorism is you know the hatred of people of your own race because of something that's different about them specifically their skin tone so while nika's over here really like in debt into what she's looking at in her phone. What you looking at, sis? I'm trying to figure out what she was saying by the baby, but that's another topic. Okay, we'll, that's another topic. We'll probably yeah. update y'all in the next episode if we like figure out some more information. But uh, I just want to go into the history of colorism. And I'm kind of like, you know, sharing information with Nika because she doesn't know the history behind it, but I have watched like several documentaries on it. Um, some specifically by Bill Duke, who did the Dark Girls and the Light Girls documentaries. Mm -hmm. Um but I'm gonna just share some information that I remember and I know about it. Um, this this whole colorism thing started back in the 1600s onward mm -hmm. with the start of slavery in the United States of America. Um, some significant things that pinpointed colorism back then were the paper bag test. Oh yeah, and uh, the comb that. test. They had two tests. I never heard about the comb test. Doing some it. research search today, I found out about the comb test. But let's talk about the paper bag test. The paper bag test is when you take a brown paper bag and you put it next to a person's skin, and you say if they're lighter than the bag, they're beautiful and they're smart. If they're darker than the bag, they're unattractive and dumb. That's literally wow. was the perception a paper bag of putting a paper bag up to your face. And the comb test I found out today was a test they did, and like if your a comb can pass through your hair easily, they're like accepting you to an organization, like you know, like something with so black people. So let me ask this question: Who come up with these tests? Girl, people like us, us black people. But let me go ahead and go back, and I'm, I'm about to sh I'm about to make your world rock right now. So another reason they use the um, comb test and the paper bag test. Specifically, the paper bag test. They used to have paper bag test, a paper, a brown paper bag, nailed into the wall on the outside of a church door. And if you were darker than that paper bag, you couldn't come to that church. What? Yes, Shanika. When I say I found that out, I was so shook. I could not believe it. Listen, y'all. The reason why I'm reacting like this is because this is my first. Like she's she's legit schooling me on on this stuff. It's not that I didn't know. I knew it existed, but. Are you freaking banana? Like, 
dead serious. So wow. that's that with that. Um, and really, the, the colorism, even though it was really structured, structured and developed by us, it was used to create a sense of superiority mm-hmm. in the 1600s and onward, where white people wanted themselves to be superior and, um, yeah. and people, black people to see them as better. And if you want to be anything superior, you would have to... I just dropped my pen, y'all. I don't know if y'all heard it, but just in case y'all did, that was a pen. Huh? But um, <laughs> if you want to be superior, you would have to tr- strive to look like them. Wow. And that really, like... It, it's the, the whole history behind colorism shook me. I'm like, I don't want to go too much into it, but... Yeah, there's there's a lot. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but I just have a couple of questions that I want to go back and forth with me and my co-host about regarding colorism and our experience if we ever had any instances of it. So mm-hmm. first question would be, simply, have you ever experienced colorism? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Explain. What's um, not outwardly, but in my family. Mm-hmm. So... Um, my, so I'm Jamaican, um, Jamaican Indian, but if you look at me, <laughs> you probably wouldn't notice because quote unquote, you know, Jamaican Indians are supposed to have like, they call them coolies. Coolie supposed to have, hair and stuff. Yeah, coolie yeah, hair. I have nice texture of hair, but it's not as loose as like my nieces or like my cousins. My dad is like a true coolie. And it was like my mom's black. My mom's is black. She mm-hmm. had long, beautiful hair, but she was darker skinned than my dad was. Mm-hmm. And it was this thing where my um, my aunts, not my, not the males so much. It was mm-hmm. more so the women in our family that were kind of like talked down to my mom or to my dad because my dad married my mom. My, my dad was fair skinned and my mom was not. And here come me. And I'm the, well, one out of the two of us who are darker skinned out of my siblings. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, oh, well, you're darker toned and how come you're not lighter? Or my dad had eyes, his eyes changed colors. And I didn't get that gene. It is mm-hmm. they passed down to me. It was kind of like that. Not that I got it from like close from like, my mom never said anything to me about, you know, my mm-hmm. skin tone. We were the same skin tone. But yeah. I got it from like my aunts, like, oh, um, you don't look much like your dad. You look more like your mom. And not like, oh, you know, they say your baby baby comes out and, oh, who you favor? It was more mm-hmm. like, no, you dark skin like mommy. Like they just made it a negative thing. Yeah, it was a negative thing. And for a long time, like, I never really paid much attention to it. Mm-hmm. But now as you got older, you're like, why the fuck would you say something like that to me when I'm like five, six years right. old? Like, it's, I'm glad that you said that. Five six year old six five six years old she was experiencing this level of colorism, and on one of the documentaries that I was watching, um, the little baby girl, five six year old Shanika, present day, felt like she didn't want to identify for black with black because black was associated with being ugly and not smart and nobody liked her and wanted to play with her, and it 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 came from the fact that her family is more fair skinned mm. and she came out a little bit darker and her mom was like she didn't understand it but she understood at the same time because she's on the fairest side and her boys are on the fairest side and mm-hmm. it hurt her to her only girl to have to go through this like yeah. this is something that she's experiencing That's and so she's interviewing her and this lady they were doing a little study and the lady's like um she had like little little girls little black girls on a piece of paper mm-hmm. light lighter well lightest light 
you know, mm-hmm. and it, the shades go in medium, dark, yeah. darkest. And she was like, point to the, point to the smart girl. And she points to the, to the, to the white girl. And she's like, why is she smart? Because she's light, light-skinned it. And she was like, point to, literally, I'm saying skinned it because that's what the girl said. I think I saw and it. she was like, but, point yeah. to the, point to the, point to the ugly girl. And she pointed to the dark-skinned girl. And she was like, why? Because she's, because she's dark. Because she's black. I was like, that hurt me to the core because it's like, our kids are growing up with this perception that they aren't beautiful because their skin isn't fair. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just going to go in to talk about, before we even talk about it, because it's going to probably make me cry and I don't want to cry. <laughs> but um, my experiences with colorism, and people would say that light skinned people don't experience that. Mm. We do, because I've experienced it. In the sense that guys would be like, oh, um, you only pretty because you light skin. Girl, yes. And, like, guys saying they only date light skin girls. I've even had guys who tell me they only date light skin girls. Like, it's... it's, it's a, that was a thing back then. Like, yeah. it was only light skin versus like, dark skin. Dumbass. Girl. And, um... It, it's a it's a lot as far as, like, how guys perceive things. Mm-hmm. And in high school, I know I had a big issue with it, but... Wait, I don't know. I just felt. I think I've always felt like it was stupid, like light skin, dark skin. Bitch, we black. Like I've always felt that way. Right. Even before I knew what colorism was, and I'm understanding that more now because I'm thinking back to like when you guys used to try to call me light skin. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not light skin. I'm bronze. Mm-hmm. But you guys never knew why I was saying that because I just didn't feel like I wanted to identify with being light or being mm-hmm. perceived as that. I'm like, no, I'm bronze. Y'all could call me bronze. Y'all used to call me bronze. But that was really the reason behind it. Like, I didn't want to oh, be wow. perceived as that. Like, it was just like, it was uncomfortable for me. It was uncomfortable growing up. I'm sorry. And being like, <laughs> and being fair at home because now that I'm like trying to think about what was going on, I feel like it was a difference in how teachers treated kids too, like mm-hmm. in the classroom for me. And I don't want to say it. I feel like we kind of push that type of stuff at back. And I feel like even me, I probably was a problem with mm-hmm. it because of what was going on around around me. I never um, experienced color colorism per se in the home. Like my mom never like you know there was no. No, nothing going on with my immediate family, but with my extended family in the islands, mm-hmm. they their prides and joys are a fair tone. Like they favor their kids who are a lighter skin tone mm-hmm. to this day, like right now wow. over there. And I felt like I was like, damn, how do you show favor favoritism over your kids because of the color of their skin? It it just it was mind boggling. Um, and it's just like um. Colorism, as far as like how it's perceived in the islands, is just ridiculous. It's like it goes beyond that. It's okay. It goes beyond even the level of colorism. Okay, so my mom's okay, cool. She's light skinned however, she's black. She's more. She took on more of the black trait than the Indian trait from mm-hmm. her father and mother. So now because she's black, she looks more black. Mm-mm. She's 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 too black. Mm-hmm. She's light, but she's too black still. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Over there. So she was kind of perceived as like, you know, more of like a black sheep of the family because mm-hmm. she didn't have those Indian fi- features how all of my family did, mm-hmm. even though they were of the lighter, of the darker, darker. tone yeah. caliber. And it's crazy how I feel like colorism is what every, what, what we make of it. Like we set, we're setting these standards, these brown paper bag tests and these comb tests, literally combing somebody's hair to see if 
the coma passed through. That's crazy, Shanika. And think about it. Think about how many kids damage their hair. Parents damage your kids' hair because um, they want to make sure their kid is perceived as attractive or or better. And you know what? I'm thinking about now that we're having this conversation about the comb test. um, Happy, happy to be happy Happy to to be be nappy. Show we watch Mister Nine Lane thing. Yeah. No, no, not that oh, one. The, show. the movie. Yeah, I don't know Where what it was called. Yes, yes. Where she jumped in the pool and her hair curled up, and that whole yes. situation. Her mom, pride and joy, was her hair, keeping her hair intact, making her hair was socially acceptable, and that's crazy to me. You know, it's so crazy that you mentioned that. Like, I guess I've experienced colorism in a sense. Well, now I think about it with my family, because when you mentioned hair, like, mm-hmm. okay, so. We're natural, like mm-hmm. you know, it's curly poofs and whatever you want to call it. Go outside, and it's like, Oof. but I remember growing up, like my hair was of a different texture. Of course, then I didn't have any perms or anything. My hair, my hair was nat- natural, like mm-hmm. long, like longer than it is now. Mm-hmm. Very soft. And I remember my mom used to say, you know, you got to make sure your hair is okay. And it wasn't about presentation. It was that I had to upkeep with my cousins whose hair were, you know, Indian hair, straight, mm-hmm. like wavy. But it had to be in place so because mean. mine had more texture to it. Mm-hmm. Like, and I remember I would be walking home from school. And, of course, my mama ain't play that. Don't don't go out the house leaving one way and then you come back looking crazy. But it was always this guy that used to be in a little shop at the side. And he would always say, remember that your hair is your pride and joy. But everybody was so close. And I'm thinking about it now. Mm-hmm. Everybody was so close around each other and knew that my mom and me were the only ones who had, quote, unquote, my textured hair. Mm-hmm. While my dad had, like, straight goddamn silky shit looking like <laughs> Rico Suave over here. And, like, all my cousins had that type of hair. So there was not that much. But I had to upkeep, like, make sure your hair is X, Y, and Z because... Mm-hmm. You going to see your cousins and X, Y, and Z, you need to be put this way because it was just that difference that you separated mm-hmm. me from. Like, and I don't think she did it intentionally to say, oh, I'm not beautiful or anything like that. But it was just, it is what it is. That's just kind of how they are. And you kind of mm-hmm. learn to deal with it. Now, as much as I complain about my goddamn hair, oh, listen. Love it. Love it the way it is, baby. Right. Okay. And I want to go back and talk about, like, um, like experience colorism through other people mm. um my brother is mm-hmm. i have one brother who's darker than all of us mm-hmm. and people would say like i'm like oh yeah that's my brother they'd be like he's your brother why he's so dark and y'all so light like that kind of situation adults grown people will still ask me up to this day how is that your brother how because how? Ex- how is that your brother why is he so dark and y'all so light because all of my brothers and sisters are are like, fair and i've even had the experience with somebody saying oh how come you not white like xyz because i have siblings who are even lighter than me i'm like what hold on yes Shanika, adults grown people i'm like because i'm not have you ever met my mom have you ever met my sister i have a sister who's the same color as me is that a problem i'm like wow yeah i've experienced that and it's crazy that I'm only paying so much attention to it right now because I, I'm i looking at it. Yeah. And now I'm like, damn, I really live this. Like, this is really happening right now in present-day America. That crazy? Yeah. And that's why I said I'm sorry earlier when you said, like, you know, we didn't you didn't like when we called you. Because we weren't thinking about it as yeah. in, oh, like, making it a derogatory term. It was so commonplace that, mm-hmm. like, this is just something you, you knew to, mm-hmm. to separate somebody. Like, oh, yeah, you fit over there and we put you in this category. But not knowing, like, that's what was actually happening. Like, and I'm true. I... 
didn't mean it with any intention. Of course, I, I mean, I didn't take it any type no, of way. No, but know, I'm just like, saying, like, you never know, mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying, what someone's the headspace, you yeah. know, it's going through. Like, you could be just joking around and, oh, I only like light-skinned diggers and that'll just idea then you meet this one light-skinned dude who has, like, all of this stuff that he's... Right. And, you know, I feel like that's why I'm so diverse in the type of people that I, I date. Like, I don't have a set mm-hmm. preference. I love black men, <laughs> but I don't <laughs> care what color you are. Like, yeah. I don't really mind if you, you're light or dark or have blue eyes or brown eyes. I really don't have a preference as far as how that goes. Like, black is black to me. If you're a black man, you're a black man, What period. do you say if you got one eighth drop of... Girl, listen. Okay. Okay. Maybe and you know what's so crazy? Not if you bring up that one eighth drop of blood of you're black... They um actually restructured that like a long time ago, um, but they didn't make it popular. But they restructured it because they was like, we don't want to m- narrow down this box of saying what we consider somebody to be black. Because what about these white people who have black blood who are actually passing as black? I mean, passing as white. We don't want to box them out because they're still our white people. So they made a rule. <laughs> yeah, girl. So your Y'all only my head is turning on a swivel right that's now. That's why when you're when somebody who looks more white in their mix will check white versus checking black. Like it's it's a whole girl. It's a First whole of all, system I think that whole, to that whole one eighth rule. Okay, that's and, a whole nother st- girl. And mm-hmm. and like um in the documentaries, I remember um there being uh this whole thing situation with being being able to pass this black and how parents would send their children to live in another state so they, because if they look more white, to make them pass as white. And there was a situation in the documentary where a lady was like, um, she sent her daughter to live in another state so she could pass as white. She passed as white, married a white husband, had white kids. And she called her daughter and was trying to tell her that um, her father was dying, that she needed to come back home because his father was about dying. She's like, I can't come back. I'm not black anymore. I'm white. You sent me up here to be a white woman. I had to live this life and hung up the phone. Oh, crazy! That's how deep colorism was. How back do you retain then. that though? How do you? It, it's so much history behind it, and it and the the older women who were in the documentary were saying that um, it wasn't like you know the older women who parents went through mm-hmm. it and you know kind of things like that they were like it wasn't that they didn't want you to be black like the parents didn't want you to be black it's the fact that they wanted to protect you from the social mm-hmm. injustices that were going on protect you from being that little boy who was walking down the street when it was dark at night and he'd wake up in the morning and see her son lynched from the tree with his genitals in his mouth kind of situation they were protecting their kids and it was like it's not even that she was like one lady was like it wasn't that her grandma wanted her mom to marry a white man she just wanted her to marry a black man that can like you know like mm-hmm. that kind of passed right like looked like her so that her kids are protected she wasn't worried about her being white she was worried about the safety of her kids and her grand her kids kids and it's crazy it's too many the questions links. in my head right now Ooh. and i'll just leave it at that it's just Anytime we talk about things like that are so, I don't even know if it's 
rogue, what do you call I don't even know what the word is, but mm-hmm. I feel like it just leaves me sometimes with more questions than answers. Mm-hmm. And if you know me, I always say this, like, I don't like that feeling of, like, ambiguity. I, I need to know what the, mm-hmm. give me some answers, please. I think, I, think, I think that's why I'm always reading and learning and trying to learn new things because mm-hmm. I want to be knowledgeable. I don't want to be out here blind to certain things. And this, when I was like, oh, shit, like, it kind of clicks for me. Like, I watched these documentaries so long ago and, like, Mm-hmm. Damn, this is really still going on like right now with somebody wow. and their baby girl in their hand. And it shook me. I'm like, are you sick? I watched that video, Shanika, five times. I wonder what's her perception of it when she was saying it versus now that people have, you know, started saying something about it. That's what I was I was trying to mm-hmm. look on here to say, which I'm pretty sure she clarified. But or... I don't feel like she knew what she was doing. No, but that's why I said, remember mm-hmm. I said to you, we were doing it just because mm-hmm. it was so normal. It was common. It was something that was just like, oh, we're just having a chit-chat. It, that, you know what? It, it, it's sad that it's common. Yeah, it's no, sad no. that in, in her position, like, I understand the high school shit. Like, I'm just thinking, like, back in high school, it was, like, light skin. Like, you said, light skin, mm-hmm. dark skin stuff. And it was just sad out of fun. Yeah. But what she's saying is about what she wants her child to look like and what other people want them to see when they see her child. That's completely different. That's not fun and jokes. Y'all wasn't trying to make me light skin. I was ready, whatever the hell y'all were thinking I was. But she wants to make sure that her baby girl doesn't have dark skin and has light eyes and has this type of texture here. And her and, and, and it's crazy that the nurse had to be the one to say, but she's beautiful, but look at her eyelashes, like things like that. Okay. To make you understand that you have a beautiful baby girl Healthy. no matter what the hell she looks like in front of you. But you're so worried about the color of her skin. Had almost how many minute conversation about, no, she's not going to be dark like you. Oh, she's going to be like this. She's going to be like, why does that matter? Why does that matter? We broken up. Girl, it it shook me. But you want to keep going on this? Mm Because we can keep going. Mm. All right, so let's let's tone it down a little Mm -hmm. bit, man. Because we we talked about it. It's a, uh, we're probably going to end up touching on it again some, in some point in time. Oh, Maybe we when are. she becomes more educated about it. I'm probably going to send her the documentaries. I'm going to go look for it so myself. Could, um, I'm going to be in the house cussing everybody out. <laughs> and yeah, girl, you're going to, you're going to want to talk about it again. But oh. when you ready to talk about it again, I'm going to be here for ya. So let's go ahead and get into the streets just talking. Damn, mm-hmm. I'm talking about lighting things up. But I'm about to bring them all the way back. Oh. <laughs> all the way back. All the way back. We're going to talk about uh, the fact that, well, let me go ahead and bring up the information before I go ahead and say because I want to have the correct info in front of me. So Jeopardy Music cute. because I'm about to read something. Hold on. <laughs> Wait, I'm looking for it still. I'm trying to keep y'all company. Hey, y'all. I'm so horrible. Just listen okay. to that thought. What? Okay, so Alabama is passed in the process of passing a bill that will require chemical castration for certain child molesters. Okay, okay. So some people under these comments that I saw in the shade room was all for it. Like, yes, okay, finally something to negate what they're doing with this abortion thing. There is no negating it. We have to consider in light of this when they see us docu-series what if this type of bill was passed back then when these little boys were imprisoned for six to 14 years of their life got out and had to go get chemically castrated because they quote unquote raped and assaulted a woman in the park we would have five black men out here with their lives completely ruined it was ruined already but completely ruined to the point of psychological effects masculinity everything like their lives would have been 
over. Half of these men got out of jail, found jobs, and got married. What kind of marriage they would they have had if they would have to have undergone this? And I remember you saying like your first initial reaction was like yes, like me too. But mm-hmm. I'm like we we have to understand. I always think about protecting us mm-hmm. when when stuff like this comes up. I'm, I because I'm black. I'm gonna think about my people first. Honestly, truly, I love everybody, but. When things like this happen socially, I feel like I think about what would happen in my community. Mm-hmm. And I feel like these people who are wrong, wrongfully convicted and continue to go on and be wrongfully convicted and never get the justice that the Central Park Five got, that will have to go through something like this. Yeah. Like That could push them to the point of suicide. That I've never done this. I never committed any type of sexual assault. I was wrongfully accused. And y'all want me to do this? Y'all want to basically control my bodily functions and that's another exactly strip me of my life and you were right when i it wasn't that i was yes for it i just thought that it was like in addition to okay so if we're getting punished we as women yeah okay then a man should be punished because i'm i'm essentially when i'm thinking about the heartbeat bill i'm thinking of those women who were sexually assaulted and as a result you know they had a baby but then I was like, okay, well, yeah, the perpetrator should, this should be the, the reason. Mm-hmm. But then when you mentioned to me, and I was like, oh shit, like it's so easy that you just, mm-hmm. you see a headline and it's, oh, my ass don't be reading shit. I be t- reading. That's so sad. And I always remember that when I say it or when it clicks in my head, like mm-hmm. somebody said that if you want to hide something from a black person, you put it in a book because they're not the ones to likely to go and read and research mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I have to say that to myself to be like, come on, Shanika, like you should know better. Right. You know what I'm saying? But then when you said it, I was like, damn, that's so crazy. I agree. Because you know what? How many people actually go on these links that we see on social media and click them and go read the details of what's going on? How many people sit here and consider their little baby boy or their their son who's in college who subject to (laughs) having some type of experience with some girl who may not, her parents may not even know what the hell she out here doing and want to say he raped her mm-hmm. and you never know this can be your child that you're yeah. out here saying that this is okay for yeah and i think about i feel like because i have a child i think about mm-hmm. social shit a lot mm-hmm. more like i'm like damn like in 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 15 years Braylon's gonna be like i gotta i gotta make sure that i'm able to make yeah. some type of change socially mm-hmm. or protect him in some type of way that this doesn't affect it's so him sad, in the future. Though, that you have to think like that like that is what the world is coming to or has been but it's more pronounced now not that it's not coming to but Mm -hmm. it has been going on before and it's crazy because you're saying that now but i made a post on um twitter the other day a couple days ago and i was like it's crazy that the conversation i have to be most concerned about having with my child when he becomes of age is a conversation about having to how he should conduct himself in the face of law enforcement versus Mm -hmm. having the conversation about birds and the bees I literally posted the other day. Wow. I'm like, That's, it's crazy. It's wild. <laughs> Girl. All the time I'm like, it's always lost for words because I feel like I just have it's too much hard. to say. It's hard. And it's, not enough breath to say it. It's because it's not even that you, it's because you don't know how to. I understand how you feel because I'm just stating facts right now. Mm-hmm. If I had to sit here and say what I want to do to fix it, I would be at lost for words because I want to do so much. I want to say so much. I want to mm-hmm. get so much out. And that's the hardest thing to do. And it's like, that's why we need people to come together in the communities. And I feel like not even just big people, like people who have degrees or doing something already mm-hmm. socially, people 
of the community, people who actually go through it, yeah. people who are going to advocate, advocate because they've been through it or experienced it or seen it, like something like that. We need to have more of that versus more of these figures out here speaking for you, speaking for know. you, and don't know and don't really know. They come to the community once or twice a year just mm-hmm. to see what's going on and never really get any more information outside of that. It's hard, and that's why I understand. Oh my god, I'm going so much further. That's why I understand the need to hire I mean not to hire, to elect government officials who are rooted in their community. Mm-hmm. Like I was so shook when Andrew Gilliam didn't get the position that he deserved because this man I don't know if I was shook there. Girl. Because it's Florida. That's all I'm I always say. shook. <laughs> I ain't shook. But about I was shit like Florida. We no needed we needed anymore. that win more than anything. And given this climate, I feel like we needed it more than anything, and it's just we just didn't get it. And it wasn't a whole bunch of shit coming out about this oh, governor. Yeah. Girl, I'm just gonna leave him there. Listen. But next, anyways, go ahead with your 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 streets is talking, man shooting. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about it? It's not. Oh, yeah, baby girl. Oh, that's her politics. Oh, that's your no. Hood politics is not that. Girl, we over here debating okay, about so what's going on. Okay, so by the time y'all hear this, I don't know when y'all going to hear this, but our information might be a little backdated a little bit. Yeah. But it's so still yeah. relevant. So yeah, yeah, yeah. this past week, there was another mass shooting in um, Virginia Beach. And I think I, I I did reach out to you and I was like, oh, did you hear about it or something like that? Or I had a you conversation did, with did. somebody. Light work conversation. Huh? That's a light conversation. Yeah. And it was just, I saw it, I, well, it came across the news, it was on CNN, it came across the news as they were just getting information about, you know, the victims, but they never released any information within like the first hour, hour and a half mm-hmm. of who the perpetrator was. Mm-hmm. And for, for reasons I understand, of you know, you want to, you know... Further investigate. Hold, yeah, you want to further investigate, but you also want to hold space for the victims, you know, and their families that lost their lives. Mm-hmm. And you necessarily, just like if you have a serial killer, I mean, mm-hmm. consider that. You don't want to give, sh- you don't want to shed light on that person who decided to take the lives of somebody mm-hmm. else. But in my mind, it was just the climate of how the conversation went about the perpetrator, mm-hmm. about the suspect. It mm-hmm. was a lot of talks about oh how we need to be nicer to each other and we need to be more aware of how we treat each other yeah, in the yeah, given yeah, climate yeah. like it was just not your typical report that you would hear of your quote unquote typical mass shootings and blame the it on mental illness blame it on the, the structure of the family and the home and the situation mm-hmm. economic, economic status and all that kind of shit mm-hmm. oh instantly it's just because it's black on black black on white crime and yeah yeah yeah, so I completely understand. Pretty much what the fallout, you know, what came back was that the shooter was a black male um, who had been working for the city for 10 plus years and was, I think, I, I don't want to get my facts incorrect, but I think he held a higher position within mm-hmm. the city. And it was pretty much like he put his two weeks notice in and then, you know, went in and committed his act. But it was just, we aren't going to give him any any kind of you know attention which which is okay i get that yes you don't want to you know what i'm saying but we're just not trying to find they didn't want to find reasons behind his actions mm-hmm. they just no instantly went we don't to, know is what they said and i was just like yep he black is what i said in my head mm-hmm. i was just like that's the only reason and it's sad that i thought to that mm-hmm. 
Because if you think about it, we were talking about the statistics mm-hmm. of mass shooters are white, white, predominantly white. white. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> Most of them, literally. Yeah, I don't know of anyone besides him. And the, and the guy who shot up the club in Orlando. Oh. But there's, but there's rare instances yeah. that they're any, of any other race. Any race, yeah. But uh, it just it baffled me that that was kind of like what the news was. And even now, d- there was one article about him. Like, who he was. Like, they didn't notify his family or... They shed so much light mm. and try to put so much emphasis on what's going on in these white people life when they commit these type of acts mm-hmm. and try to justify it. You say, we should pray for this person and pray for that person. No oh, prayers not the same to the energy. family. Nothing. None at all. Not and it was energy. crazy to me that... I picked up on that so quick mm. because I literally sat there and, lived, and I was talking to my sister. I said, nah, I said, he's not white. <laughs> and mm. she was like, yeah, you don't think? I said, no, because you would have heard. It would have mm-hmm. been out there already and let's cover up mm-hmm. kind of like why he did or this is the reason why he did or he had this, like you said, mental issue. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we don't know why they do these things. You probably won't ever know. And they will tell mm-hmm. you and you'll still probably be like, but that don't make sense. Right. But I was just, that was <laughs> I think I want to go ahead and change my hood politics in light of what you just said mm-hmm. because I I did guys I had us for us to talk about when they see us but I feel like I want you to watch you're not going to watch it I feel like I want you to know more about it I'm going to watch it only because you said okay so this is how she guilt trips me first of all we were sitting oh, here yeah what was it whatever week we were last week or something and she was like oh do you want to watch it and I was like no because you know I'd already started having conversations about it with some other peer some other peers and one of the lady um one of the, the peers mm-hmm. had dealings with the case mm-hmm. and she was just like it was just too heartbreaking Ooh, for her to she? watch again yeah she, she it was just too too much for her to relive it again and she just didn't want to see it and i was like you know me i start crying for shit i get mad i start looking at people suspicious i already do that anyway no i, I just didn't want bit. to so i, I was did. just like i'm not watching it but then my boyfriend a little dumb dumb so he's not dumb dumb y'all but he went ahead and watched it and was mm-hmm. just like you know i asked him because i knew you know me as a kid we talk but I got to bounce things off of him, too, just mm-hmm. trying to see where his head at. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, yeah, no, you need to watch it. You know, especially within the field that yeah. I'm in. Like, and I said the same thing to you, too. She, I feel like it's necessary. And I'm going to say to you guys, too, if you guys are saying out here saying that you don't want to watch it, it's necessary that you educate yourself on the things that's going on in the system. Otherwise, how are we going to be able to protect ourselves and yeah. our children and the people around us? Like, this is something that if we were educated enough, if the parents were educated enough, if the sisters, the siblings were educated enough, that these boys would have never experienced. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sad, though. Like, I don't even know what goes on, what went on. Like, I, I haven't watched it mm-hmm. in its entirety, but remember, I got up and I was like, I'm going home. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. I literally, <laughs> I got up and it I was like, like 15 out, minutes in. I'm like, no, I'm going to watch it because I need to know. Like, I knew about the case, but I didn't know so mm-hmm. much detail. Like I told you, mm. I, I've heard about it from another podcast I listened to, and yeah. I'm like, nah. Like I needed to, I needed to educate myself on what's going on. So I, that this is crazy. Another conversation I have to have with my child. Do not talk to any law enforcement officer without the presence of a lawyer of your or your parent. Period. Mm-hmm. Don't open your mouth. I'm waiting for my mom. I need my lawyer. That's two words you can say. <laughs> three, four words you can say. That's it. Don't say yeah. nothing else. I don't That's care crazy. what they ask yep. you. They ask you for a phone number, that's it. They can give them a phone number, that's it. 
We don't give them nothing else. I'm just sitting here thinking like, how? How did you, man, you as a human being, seeing kids, kids, like 14, 13 and 14 years old. Who was the youngest? I don't even think he was 14. Yeah, he was 13. 13, I believe. I think he was, yeah. 13, and then the oldest was a 16-year-old. He had just turned 16, and that's the one who went to state prison. But it's his story, Corey Y's story, is what's going to hit you the hardest, Shanika. It's going to hurt. It's going to make you pause. It's going to make you sit back and, like, think about shit. It hits you the hardest. And I feel like out of all the boys, because of what he had to go through, he was the strongest. Like, he showed the most resilience and, and hope and level of self, like, just faith. Faith that things are going to get better. I'm just going to give you one, like, piece of the whole thing um he goes up to, to up, up to the parole board maybe three or four times and he's like are you are they like because they actually are you ready to admit to your actions he's like no i didn't do it every single time until the time he just decided i'm not going back anymore it's no reason because they don't want to hear my truth that's how stuck and resilient and faithful and hopeful that he was that somebody's going to know that he did not do it okay when you find out who did it Oh, you you don't really find when you see who did it and in the, in the experience and what happened. That's God, Shanika. You're gonna see it and you're gonna be shaken to your fucking core. I'm gonna leave it there. Oh my God, I'm telling I'm telling y'all too. Not just Shanika. <laughs> you're gonna be shaken to your core. But let's. Oh, I'm not. That's not my hood politic anymore. We went in a little bit, but okay. I'm gonna, we're gonna let her watch it first. I feel like we're gonna come back. We're gonna have a whole episode on it because you're gonna have so much you want to talk about and want to understand and want to do and want to. Go mm. for it with, trust me. Oh, my God. Speaking of something, I have something to talk to you about when we okay. get off this podcast. But, anyways, into <laughs> the hot politics of the day. Okay. She was talking about, um, I just thought about it. It's it's nothing, like, really that's in the media, but it's something that I know that mm-hmm. is consistently happening. Um, she talked about the fact that they, I want to say romanticize mm-hmm. the white mass shooter. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. They romanticize him. They give him a backstory mm-hmm. and sympathy and empathy. Normalized it. Not normalized, but humanized it. Humanized, humanized yes. him. Humanized him. Mm-hmm. You're correct. Humanized. Shit. And I feel like they fail to realize or consider the fact that these are domestic terrorists. Right? They don't want to label white supremacy domestic terrorism. They want to. They don't want to label the Ku Klux Klan domestic terrorism, but in reality, it's domestic terrorism. And what we go wrong as a people of color is that we call it white supremacy, mm-hmm. and we call it what um, uh, white radicalist and racism. Mm-hmm. We don't call it what it is. It's domestic terrorism. Okay, because they are terrorizing the people who are citizens of the United States of America. And that's exactly what it is. That's the hood politic of the day. Just some education. Keep okay? Alright. So, let's go ahead and move. Oh my god, because I'm getting hot. Like, I'm getting hot. <laughs> let's move into our million ways to get it. Our million ways to get it. Mm-hmm. Tip of the day. You know, I like to talk to y'all about money. So, a million ways to get it. Um, My tip is, if you say you want to do it, do it. So, like Nike. Like Nike, it. just do it. I'm only saying this because I was on social media. I'm always on social media. Forever. But I mean reading though. I don't be like on there just scrolling and liking people's pictures and I being be an ass on social media. 
I use social media to educate myself about social shit, obviously. But um, this young lady posted that um, she graduated from college and couldn't find a job when she got out. And instead of sitting on her ass, she decided to sell charcoal teeth whitening. And in 30 days, she made $5,000. That is Damn. doing what you say you're going to do and doing it. Because you got to get it what in a million ways. <laughs> a million ways to get it. That's my tip, y'all. So if y'all want to go, if y'all have something y'all want to do, or y'all have a, a a business y'all want to start, go ahead and start it. You never know who is out there ready to support you, or who's out there watching, or they somebody who wants this or needs that. And I was talking to um a friend about it when I actually found the information on Instagram, and I was like, um, damn, I was like, what business would you want to start right now if you could start a business? That's literally me. Like, that's how I talk to people. Like, when I find shit, I'm like, what you want to start? And it's like, I don't know. I was like, oh, well, this girl literally started a business selling charcoal teeth whitening. I was like, to be honest, I feel like I could sell charcoal teeth whitening <laughs> like that. I give one to my best friend. Give one to you. Give one to my sister. Give one to my sister-in-law. Give one to my brother. Y'all go promote this on social media. I probably could make 30 sales. Mm-hmm. Like, just like that. Just from them just supporting it. That's probably two sales from each person. Three or four sales from each person. Like, you never know what you could do. Yeah. I was like, what's 30 times? Um, I don't know. I was like, um, what's 30 times? What's 30 times 30? I was like, what if I sell it for $30 for 30 people? I was like, that's $900 right there. Damn. Instantly. 30 people at $30 a piece, which is probably only like a $200 to $300 investment. That's crazy what you can do. Capitalize. Okay. And I was like, okay. And speaking of capitalism, like she could, um, Use that money, that five thousand that she she made to start a bigger business or something mm-hmm. she's really passionate about. That's a starter yeah. business. There's a difference from a starter business and a real business that you want to get into is something you're passionate about. Right. So yeah, if you want to do something, if you say you want to do something, do it. Do it. So I don't know. I think I've been talking this whole time. She has. Oh been. my god. So I'm looking at her like, is it your turn? But it's um positive <laughs> note. It's my positive note. Oh, okay. And it, it's so crazy because it goes into um colorism and think of positively mm-hmm. i like literally just told it to you but i wasn't going to use this as the quote it's so crazy because i was going to find something else but i'm like damn it kind of fits into like positive thinking okay so um i'm reading a book you guys it's called the little black book of success laws of leadership for black women by by four ladies just google the name of the book i am not going to say all their <laughs> names but it's a really good book you guys like i recommend it for any black woman who's out there who just needs a little motivation you know and leadership skills, anyways. But um, so the quote is: "Master the art of master the art of positive thinking. To become a leader, you must have a positive mental attitude, which you can achieve with." Why keep saying that? Every time I read it, I say the mm-hmm. same thing. I think because I underlined it weird. But I mean, let me start over because it's gonna sound crazy if I <laughs> if I read it. But I, it's how I underlined it, oh, anyways. Okay. Um, it says: "Master the art of positive thinking. To become a leader, you must have a positive mental attitude, which you can achieve." With positive self-talk and looking at what is right with people instead of what is wrong with them. Mm-hmm. Right? So, stop looking at people in the way that you're instantly criticizing them. And instead of, when you think, I feel like this is what I'm going to do to actually follow through with this quote. Like, because I know I'm, I'm a very judgmental person, y'all. Not that I'm going to outwardly judge you, but I'm going to think it in my head. And I think I'm going to start now. Before I judge a person, just think of something positive. Like, really quick about them. Like, oh, shit. They're really good at X, Y, Z. Like, just quickly mm. before I even put that negative thought in my head. Mm. Restructuring. 
Okay. Restructuring. She be reframing, restructuring. <laughs> she be using all the terms. I'm just giving y'all the real term. Yeah. Okay. But uh, that's it, y'all. This is episode what? Seven. What you was about to say? You wrong. No. It's seven. It's episode seven, y'all. It's episode seven. This has been episode seven, guys. Thank you for listening. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.